As the demand for telemedicine grows, so does the need for connectivity. 5G meets that need. Qualcomm remains focused on giving doctors and patients superior, security-rich 5G connectivity. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash inventionage. What's your most important asset? What is your most important asset? So that's what we're gonna be talking about today. And obviously you probably know the answer. It's your brain. And the problem is with your brain, sometimes your brain gets obsolete. For example, I was just on a radio show into California and I was talking to the expert on money and I was just run, reading him the stats on, you know, when I was when I graduated from school, 1970, you could actually save your way to retirement. If you saved a million dollars in 1970 and you earned 15% interest, that meant you made 150000 a year pre-tax with money. So, you know, back in 1970, you could live on 150 k a year. Today, if you save that million dollars, especially if in Europe or Japan, you'll be charged five basis points. I mean, negative five basis points, which means they're gonna charge you $500 to keep a million dollars. In other words, you can't live on a million dollars today unless you start eating into principle. And when I said this to this radio announcer, very prominent guy in California, he went, what? He says, aren't you getting 5% interest? I said, not that I know of. I don't know anybody's paying 5% interest. And it was kind of news to him that savers were losers. And it went downhill from there. Now I was very nice the whole time, did my best. I just, give me the facts, give me the facts, give me the facts. He couldn't handle the facts. So he says, well, what do you recommend? He comes back on, what do you recommend if you don't save money? I said, well, let me ask you this. Why would you save money in the first place if they're printing money? Yeah, 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 but what do you recommend? I said, I'm not recommending. I'll just tell you what I do. He said, I use debt as money. Then I quoted Donald Trump. He said, Donald Trump, I just had the Wall Street Journal in front of me, and there's Trump saying, I am the king of debt. You know I all love debt. But debt is tricky and it's dangerous. He goes, so you use debt as money? I go, yes. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) He went, I said, what? And then I heard him talking to his producer after he kind of hung up. He says, I didn't know what to say. I've never heard that before. And this is the guy. Okay, if your brain is your greatest asset, this guy is dumping dog doo-doo in your brain. So ladies and gentlemen, this show is about changing your brain around, what's inside your brain. Because if you think saving money and investing for the long term in the stock market, when the stock market is at an all-time high, higher, higher than the crash of 2008, and you think the stock market is gonna keep going up, you have doo-doo in the brain, okay? Dog doo-doo, the worst kind. So today we're gonna talk about how you can change those thoughts in your brains. Because the worst advice today is go to school, you don't learn anything about money, get a job, and you get fired anyway, because of downsizing or the export of the jobs. Work hard, and you work hard, you'll pay more taxes. (laughs) Save money, and the government, you know, just this whole system called the fractional reserve system. You put a dollar in savings, the bank prints 10. I mean, you're not gonna get ahead that way. 
and then get out of debt when debt is money and invest for the long term in the stock market. Today, it's about emptying out your brain and you're gonna have some good, better advice to replace it with. So we have two guests today, Tom Wheelwright, Rich Dad Advisor and Taxers. He's an entrepreneur, founder of CEO, founder and CEO of ProVision, a premier strategic CPA firm, author of the Rich Dad Advisor book, Tax-Free Wealth. And Garrett Sutton, author, I mean, attorney and Rich Dad Advisor, author of Start Your Own Corporation and the ABCs of Getting Out of Debt. So we have two guests today, and of course my sweetheart Kim. Any comments, Kim? Well, yes. The, so, what's your most important asset? Is is your brain? And here's the thing: you choose. You choose what information and what advice you put in your brain. So we're going to be talking about taxes, money, legal, and what is good advice versus bad advice. How do you find good advice, and how come so many people are operating on bad advice? And we're going to have a very eye-opening show. So remember, in Rich Dad Poor Dad, it came out in 1997, it was 20 years ago, I said, you know, the rich don't work for money. What the rich for work for are assets. They want to create assets, okay? And then the rich don't save money because they're printing money. I mean, it's really obvious. And then, of course, you know, your house is not an asset, which really upset a lot of people. And then in 2007, the subprime real estate market crashed, and the people that got riches were the banks that really ripped everybody off. That's the system of business today. And, and you know what you're talking about is people actually have to think for themselves because following the old dogma, get out of, you know, save for the long term, invest in mutual funds. Get out of debt. Get out of debt. Uh, may not is not necessarily the best. Be, it's not the best advice today. But you really got to think and you got to find and seek out that good advice and what works for you. And one last thing: Rich Dad does not sell financial advice. We're not financial planners. We don't recommend anything. We we sell financial education, and we, as Kim says, encourage you to think for yourself. Because what I do, you probably should not do. Not too many people are going to borrow money to get rich, and you probably shouldn't you know, unless you invest first. And some education and some experience. So with that, there's a lot of people selling bad advice too because Tom and Garrett are on the circuits and they're talking to people all over the world and people come up to them and say, well, I went to this seminar and they told me this. And after you get through laughing and vomiting, <laughs> then you try and clean their, you know, get your, get your uh, paper towels out and polish off their brains because they're full of bad advice today and they pay for that advice is that correct tom oh there's there's no question i mean the 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 amount of bad advice well here's part of the problem the problem is that what you were talking about at the beginning is that we we have we have two types of bad advice we have old advice that no longer applies anymore it was good advice at one time right. it's no longer good advice and then we have advice that's just always been bad so, so let me just interrupt for a second. So what's, give me an example of bad tax advice. Well, let me give you one example that's real, real quick. Garrett, Tom, and I were in Santiago, Chile. Fantastic seminar, fantastic city. I want to thank all the people of Santiago who were there. But Tom was talking about, because I was talking about how I could buy a Bentley and, and using taxes to do it, which drove this effing attorney crazy. And, <laughs> and he is this most respected attorney. And he comes up and he says, you can't do that here in Chile. Yeah, what I really loved is he came to Garrett and, and Garrett said, you need to talk to Tom. Of course. <laughs> Who's tax, not law. So, so no, he did. And he goes, you can't do that here. There's, uh, there's laws. You can't do that here. And we, have, we, have, we have laws here. I'm going, yeah, and, yeah and we have laws everywhere. Garrett, Tom, and Kim and I, we've traveled the world. The basic tax law and accounting laws are the same. But no matter where we go, some 
expert like an accountant and attorney will come up and they'll always say you can't do that here. So could, could they could they have done that there? Well, in Chile? He, oh, it gets better, Kim, because what happened was, of course, the next morning Robert gets up and he says, "Tom, teach him how to deduct a Bentley." <laughs> <laughs> so you could do that there. But there's, this guy, there's this always guy, a way. Yeah. This attorney blew out. He did uh, not want to hear it. He did not he did not want to admit he didn't know something. Interesting. And that's the trouble with attorneys, right, Garrett? <laughs> not always, Robert. Uh, but we, Tom and I, as you mentioned, do uh, go to these various seminars, and the advice that we hear people give is absolutely horrible. And some is, uh, some is given by attorneys, others by CPAs. A lot of it, though, is given by people who pretend or, or kind of come off like they're an expert in the field right. when they have really I, no background they, at all. Are they doing I, it because they want to sell you something? Oh, Absolutely. Yes. Always. Absolutely. You always have to follow the money. And, and here's what I find. I find normally it's a financial advisor. I mean, you've had this experience. A financial advisor who says, okay, you shouldn't be in real estate. You should be in stocks because yeah, I get yeah. paid in, right, in right, stocks, right, but right. I don't get paid in real We've estate. We've had that experience, yes. It's called conflict of interest. Yes. Oh, my heavens. So, but so, it's rampant. So, Garrett, legal, legal advice. What's like the worst legal advice you're hearing today? Well, uh, from a tax and legal perspective, putting real estate into a C-corp is really bad advice. Which Kim and I did do. Originally, well, yes. and we, we, didn't, we didn't know. We didn't know. That's how we started. Once a yeah. year, I have a client come to me who says, uh, "With all due respect, Tom, uh, I my CPA said to put my real estate into a C corp," and I say, "You know, that's really bad tax advice. There's double taxation. There's not as much asset protection with a C corp as there is with an LLC. And if there's enough time, we can correct there, it. There, there's no benefit to it. I mean, here, right. here's the challenge I always ask: is what's the better result? Okay, the question is. It's like we were talking about in Santiago. The question is not is it deductible. The question is how do I make it deductible. So the question is not what you know is <laughs> is this good or bad. The question is what could be a lot better. And this in this case. The C Corp, it's just there's nothing good about it. There's no benefit from doing it. So why not do it? And anybody who knows anything about real estate uh, tax law would never do that. So what would you do better? Now, how does somebody, how do you know if it's good advice or bad advice? Here's one thing. It's it's like when you were on the radio the other day, Robert, and what question should they have followed up with instead of just hanging up is, okay, would you explain that? So I think that's a a really good follow-up to say, okay, why? Why should I put it into a C-Corp? Instead of blindly. Instead of just blindly accepting the advice, use your brain. I I think we're missing the big point here is this. You better choose your advisors carefully. And the thing that Kim and I know is we have Tom and Garrett here is at minimum, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you must have a knowledgeable accountant and a knowledgeable attorney. And the one problem I always run into is I have accountants playing attorneys and attorneys yeah. playing right. accountants. Right. Would you say that's true? Oh, no question. I, I think the best, one of the best things working with Garrett is we talk every day. So we're always coordinating, and we know each other's strategies. We know what we do. I learn asset protection. He learns tax, and we make sure that we're coordinated. When, you're, when your advisors aren't on the same page, I mean, that's the worst of all worlds, in my opinion. Well, and what frequently happens is the CPA will say, well, that's a legal issue. Go talk to your attorney. And the attorney says, that's a CPA issue. Talk to your CPA. And then you never get the right answer. You need both people on the phone at the same time. Once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki at the Rich Day Radio Show. Today we're talking about your most important asset, and that's your brain. But you've got to be very, very careful what kind of dog doo-doo you put in your brain. Because, no, there's there's two people. You know, Garrett and I go round and round on this. You go to school. I said, but you don't learn anything. (laughs) (laughs) And, And 
And and I was just on on another radio show. And this guy, New York Times guy, great guy. He says, you know, Robert, you're amazing. I mean, you're successful, but you didn't go to a good school. I'm going. <laughs> see, that's another frame of mind there that you have to go to a good school to be successful. I want to remind them that you know, Steve Jobs didn't finish school. Gates didn't finish school. Zuckerberg dropped out. Dell, you know, Branson, Disney, Ford, they all dropped out of school. But the framework is you have to go to school. And when I tell parents about not going to school, they say, don't tell my kids. Don't tell my kids. You know, don't tell my kids. And so that's what we're talking about here is which we're doing our best today in this program to bust up your frame of mind. And be very careful. I'm not saying the other people are all bad advice, but you had better start understanding that not all advice fits you. You say that's true, Tom? Oh, I, I, I see that all the time. Here's my, here's my favorite one. So worst advice ever from, a, from an accountant. If you want to pay less tax, you just need to make less money. <laughs> and I'm serious. I actually hear that from somebody well, once a month that their advisor, their yeah. tax advisor actually told them that. And I hear the other side that says, oh, I don't mind paying, paying so much in taxes because that means I'm making a lot of money. So I'm just going to make a lot of money. I don't mind paying all these taxes. I'm like, well, what if you made a lot of money and didn't have to pay so many taxes? What a novel idea. Yeah. But you said something and novel, too, just a minute ago. You said you got to get your tax strategist right. and your account and, and your attorney talking together. For sure. And how often time. does that happen? I mean, uh, uh, it's, it's With rare. us a lot. With you guys I mean, a lot. With, with us it does, but I'll, I'll tell you, I, I run into people all the time. They, their accountant would never talk to their attorney because their accountant goes, well, I know this. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't need, need the attorney. To, yeah. Right, right. Please listen to this program because what you're going to be here is you can't get the dog doo-doo or the constipation, X-lax, out of the way. You can't hear our message because your brain is your greatest asset. But many people have congested it with such silly sayings as save money. When back in 1970, I could get 15% interest and today you get negative 5%. I mean negative 0.05%. Why would you save money? At the same time, every time you put a dollar in the bank or a peso in the bank or a yen in the bank, the fractional reserve system of the banking world, they print 10 more dollars. So you never get ahead as a saver anyway. And now that interest rates are near z below zero in many countries, why would you save money? Yet most people say to their kids, as they're going to school, you know, go to school, get a job, work hard, save money, and invest for the long term in the stock market and get out of debt. That is not the philosophy here at Rich Dad, and that's why it's opposite to what you've been taught. So today we have guest Tom Wheelwright, who's Rich Dad Advisor in Taxes, founder and CEO of ProVision, strategic CPA firm, author of Tax-Free Wealth, Rich Dad Advisor book. His website is ProVisionWealth.com. And Garrett Sutton, attorney, Rich Dad Advisor, author of Start Your Own Corporation, and the ABCs of Getting Out of Debt. His website is sutlaw, S-U-T-L-A-W.com. And please listen, folks, because if you're still saving money and you're still hoping for job security, you still think getting up out of debt is the right idea, and you think that going to school will protect you from what's coming, I think you, you're, you have, your brain is constipated. It needs to be cleaned out. It needs some X-lax in there right now. Any comments, <laughs> Oh, on that note, on that note. Well, you know, there's one thing that comes up a lot when I talk to women often. I hear, I hear too often, oh, my eyes glaze over when we talk about money. And they don't want to look at it. They put their head in the sand. And I see the same thing with tax advisors and legal advisors. It's like, oh, no, they know more than me, so I'm just going to follow their advice. I don't know anything about tax. I don't know anything about law. So I'm just going to blindly follow 
and I well, don't understand why and, that. And, and that's the problem. It's the blind following of advice. It, it's not that it's it's not even the advice itself. It's that you're blindly following the advice. Yeah. Why would you take somebody else's word for something instead of asking them to explain it to you? That's that's what. Well, even a me doctor, crazy. you're gonna if it's a serious thing, you're gonna get a second opinion, right? Well, and the doctor explains. I mean, what does the doctor do? The doctor starts out, spends 15 minutes asking you questions to diagnose what's going on. Where does it hurt? How, do, how does it feel? They're asking you all those questions. You go to an advisor. Frequently, you go to an attorney or, or an accountant, and you ask them a question. They say, well, here's what you do. Yeah. Well, yeah. How can they do that? They haven't diagnosed the problem yet. Well, well a, a lot of times advisors don't intentionally do not provide clear advice. It's called hide the ball. Right. They want to hide the ball, make things as complicated as possible so that you will rely upon them for their advice. Of course. So one big lesson we picked up right now is that if you really want to be rich, you need both an accountant and an attorney. Don't take, you know, just one advice from one person. Because what does what does uh, CPA stand CPA for? CPA stands for cannot protect assets. And what does attorney <laughs> stand for? And, and the problem with attorneys is they can't do math. <laughs> Guilty as charged. <laughs> So the other part about it is this. As you know, there's, there's financial advice for three levels of people, poor, middle class, and rich. So one lesson I'm going to pass on to you right now, you want to be poor and middle class, don't listen to this program because all we're going to do is frustrate you. If you're middle class right now, you're probably saying, well, I'm going to go to school and my kid will get to Harvard and we'll go deeply in debt and the kid will find a job with some big corporate firm and all this. But you learn nothing about money. So let me ask you this, Tom. If somebody goes to school and they're a high-paid employee, can you do any for them as far as taxes go? I mean, outside of maxing out their 401k, I mean, there's really nothing to do for employees because the tax law isn't built that way. Right. So when you go out there and you say to your child, get a job, you can't help them. Garrett, does there any need to protect somebody with a job? Not really, Robert. Uh, you're going to have regular insurance, but if you don't have assets, then you don't have much to protect. Right. So, you that, need, so yeah. what you do is you, you protect the assets from the separating from the Correct. individual. Right, and you know that when you look up tenant in the dictionary, the, the, the definition is plaintiff, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so who needs a tax advisor or who doesn't? Who does and who doesn't need a tax well, advisor? Well, uh, if, if you're just an employee... You, you're probably fine with TurboTax. I mean, seriously, you, you don't necessarily need a tax advisor. But That's if you're too complex for me, <laughs> well, it would be for you, yes. <laughs> but I mean, you might want a tax preparer, but but a tax advisor maybe not. But if you're going to invest or if you're going to uh, have a, a business, business, you absolutely even a part-time business, even a part-time business, because the difference in tax. I mean, it's amazing the difference in taxes. Even if even the, the when you first when you first start out, you're going to lose money, right? Probably most people lose money the first year they start a business. Well, if you do it right, that that loss can actually be a gain to you because it actually can reduce your taxes from your from your job, your full-time job. So you've really got opportunities there right off the bat. The minute you open that business, you've got an opportunity to reduce your taxes. But Garrett, that also opens up a lawsuit, right? Well, by having a corporation at the start, you're going to be better protected than operating as a sole proprietor. But as the a problem is you're stepping, you're stepping outside of the corporation that you work for. As an employee of a corporation, you are protected. But when the moment claims, you start your own yes. business. The moment you start your own business, you are personally oh, for responsible sure. for what happens in that business. So you need to take steps to right. protect yourself. So as we talked about today, is your greatest asset is your brain. Some of you need to flush the brain. Really, really flush it because you're operating on bad advice, old advice, or you listen to people like Susie Orman, and she has good advice. You know, she says, if you're spending more than, if, you, if you're a spending 
addict, you're a shopaholic, then you should cut up your credit cards. And that's what she says. That's very, very good advice. And if you're a Dave Ramsey fan, he says, live below your means, keep your daytime job, and invest in a 401k. That's not bad advice either, is it? For some people. For some people. Yes, yeah, yeah. so that's very middle class, yeah. vanilla advice. Sure. But for 95% of the people, that is the best advice. And rich dad is for that 5%. The 5% that really wants to be entrepreneurs, really wants to be wealthier, really does not want job security, but is really going for financial freedom. But you cannot achieve that if you got one foot on the dock and one foot in the boat. No, right? I, I think that that's an important distinction because you have to decide where, where you want to be. Right. You know, if you if you want to be middle class, then this, Dave Ramsey's great. He, he's he's perfect. But if you want to get ahead, if you really want to be rich, if you want to have that great lifestyle when you retire, if you don't want to work until you're 67, 70 and then have to take a job at Walmart, then now, you know, this is this <laughs> yeah, is the yeah. opportunity well, it's the, it's the to do something different. Yeah, it's the difference between wanting security versus right. wanting freedom. Right. So once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. We're talking to people about the, your most important asset, and that's your brain. But many people have had what I call obsolete advice put into their brain, or today they're soliciting bad advice. And some people are actually paying for that bad advice. I won't mention his name, but he's got a very popular book out. He's never been known for giving financial advice, but today he is. And he's recommending people turn their money over to his son who runs a fund. I think that's a little conflict of interest there. But is that a conflict of interest? I would say so. Yeah. What does conflict of interest mean? That means when you have a duty to uh, educate, but you're to, selling. You have a duty to educate, but then you're benefiting from people coming to you. Right. Uh, so you're encouraging them to invest with you. That's a conflict of interest. Right. The, the worst time is when you've got a CPA who's saying, okay, go do this. But guess what? I'll take your money too. I'll, 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 um, invest your money for you. And to me, that's a horrible conflict because I think a CPA should be the one person you get to go to that is objective and says, I'm just working for you. So how do you find good advisors? I, I actually think you have to first decide what what is a good advisor, okay, before so you, because is- you don't even know what you're looking for. Most people have no idea what they're looking for. They think they're looking for somebody who's smart. But I'm, I, I'm always first looking for somebody who ca- cares about me first. Okay, so when I go an attorney, I want to go, I want to know if, if I'm asking Garrett questions, I'm interviewing him because I want him to be, I'm thinking I want him so to be my to attorney. I want him, I want to interview him, but I want him to be asking me questions. I want to know that he cares more about me than lining his pockets with my money. Let me give you an example. Tom already mentioned it. When Kim and I, we make most of our money through real estate. Rich Dad's is a hobby for us most of the time. Well, this CPA came from a very major firm. Tom knows the guy out of Washington, D.C., he looked at our numbers, and Kim and I are financially free because we have tons of real estate. His first advice was to sell all our real estate and give him the money so he could invest it for us. He, he could said, be our fund yeah. manager. He said, you're too heavily vested in real estate. We th- I think you should sell a lot of that and put it into the stock market mutual funds. And that's a Manage. clear conflict oh of interest. Conflict of yeah, interest. Yeah, he go. is giving you advice at $500 an hour and encouraging you to give him, more money. give him more money that he can earn additional money on. Clear conflict of interest. Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, just and this guy had the tricky uh, tortoise glasses on and the wingtip uh, shoes, and you know <laughs> he looked good. like he a looked preppy. Good. He looked like a preppy from Washington, D.C., which stands for the District of Corruption. You know what I mean? And this guy was actually, if I didn't know any better, 
Kim and I might have sold several million dollars of real estate and put money into his fund. I have this friend of mine, and I was talking to him, and he asked me what I was doing. Now, what I had been doing, and Tom Garrett and Kim know, I've been studying Rickert's book, you know, The New Case for Gold and all this, Currency Wars, and we read, you know, as a group, we study constantly together. So this guy goes, tell me what to do. Are you saying buy gold? And I said, I never said that. I said, I I was explaining to him how gold fit in with the IMF and what an SDR was and all this. He had no idea what I was talking about. But he said, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what, I'll buy gold, I'll do anything. And that's the problem. Yes. You see, people are so effing desperate. Mm -hmm. Just tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. And so they go to these seminars and somebody tells them what to do. do. (laughs) They do it. And so that's why when when Tom Garrett and I were down in Santiago, and then we said, well, this is how you buy a Bentley with taxes or whatever we said. And this attorney jumps up, you can't do that. And then there was this confusion, which was really good in the room. And then when Tom Tom cleared it up, how you buy Bentleys in Santiago and pay less taxes, the the Bentley dealer sold a lot of Bentleys and, and Lamborghinis, which was good. Because at the Rich Dad Company, we want you to drive Bentleys and Lamborghinis. We don't want you driving Toyotas. And we got no commission from this the, from this salesman. <laughs> right. Good I just point. Want to be clear. Good point. But Kim and I do no conflict of interest. No conflict of interest. Yeah, but Kim does have a Lamborghini, and I've had a Bentley, I and I now have Ferraris, and I explained that to the group. So, anyway, so people are so desperate, they'll go to these seminars and actually pay good money to have somebody tell them what to do. Is that correct, Garrett? Absolutely, Robert. Tom and I have been around the country to these seminars, and you have people in the room that are clearly interested in lining their pockets by giving people bad information. They, they have no uh, problem at all with so telling people what to do, which is actually inaccurate. And there's a lot of like popular new things that, right. oh, let me show you this new trick here, how you can pay less taxes. The problem with that for a lot of them, they're employees. And if they do what they do, they're actually in violation. See, the tax laws are different for employees, small business owners, big business, and investors. So what's the latest popular tax Well, the new flavor of the year is these IRAs. People have money in their IRA account, right? IRA is their retirement account. Their individual retirement account. In the U.S., it's an individual retirement account. And so people have saved money in their IRA account. But like Robert has been saying, you don't get very much of a return if you have it in a bank account. And so they're looking for a way to maximize their IRA monies. And these promoters are saying you can do a self-directed IRA where you get to choose where the money goes, into real estate, into wherever you want. What happens is they take the next step and say that you can set up an LLC and you can manage the money with your self-directed IRA. And in most cases, this is a prohibited transaction And the IRS has the ability to say that you have taken money from your retirement account, you have a 10% penalty, and you have to pay all sorts of interest payments. It's worse than that because if you have this so-called prohibited transaction, then it's it's treated as though everything's been distributed to you, okay? You taxed on everything. You have huge penalties. And it's 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 just the worst result ever, and 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 really, this is all because it goes to this just the same thing with your mutual fund guy. It goes to why are they telling them this? Well, they're telling them this because they want to sell them real estate in their IRA, and they can the sell them. Thing too. They can sell them more real estate 
if they sell it inside the IRA than if they pull the money out like they should pull the money out and buy it outside the IRA. I mean, the, the calculation is not even close. You're so much better investing in real estate outside of your IRA than inside the IRA, but the promoter makes less okay, money. Okay, so I'm well, sitting there. tell me there, what to do. Just so, tell me what yep, to do. So I'm sitting there in the audience, and I don't. Uh, this is news to me, and right. I'm like, oh, this sounds really good. Okay, how would I know? What do I do? How would I know not to do that? Well, and this is why you have to have good advisors. I mean, this is why you have okay, people so I'm that you can. listening there, and I don't have an advisor right now. What do I do? Okay, so let, so let me just say this. Well, the reason we have Tom and Garrett as my our personal advisors, they have a uh, Thomas author book tax-free wealth and Garrett Sutton is the author of start your own corporation start there so what what is that popular flavor of the month this or flavor of the year in well it's investing your IRA monies into uh, using a checkbook LLC that uh, owns the uh, the IRA owns the checkbook LLC and you manage your money but promoters are p- putting people into transactions that don't stand up IRS scrutiny. So what are they selling? Is it the IRA or? No, they're they're selling the real estate. The real estate. Right. This is that the key. Goes into their IRA. Is they're saying, so look, let me, let me give you a very simple example. Let's say you have $100,000 in your IRA, right? If you pulled that money out, you'd pay tax. So you'd probably have 50000 left. So the more that they can get you, and they want you to spend $100,000 mm-hmm. on real estate, not $50,000 on real estate, even though you could get a lot more because of the debt if you bought it outside. So what happens is, is they're saying, well, look, you can buy more real estate from us if you keep it in the IRA. But the problem with that is you keep it in the IRA, you cause yeah, no. all sorts of challenges. What Garrett's talking about, this checkbook IRA, what happens is the IRS hates them. Let's just put it that way. The IRS hates this checkbook IRA. Because they say, look, so, uh, you're uh, probably you're probably contributing services to your IRA. You can't do that. You can't manage your okay. property. You can't do this, and therefore we're going to hate it. So, so the Garrett, bottom- Garrett, Garrett, well, so what do you say on the, the legal side, on the attorney side? On the attorney side, you need to have really good advice. You need to engage in critical thinking. You have to ask yourself, why does this promoter want me to rush in and right. put money into this promotion? You need to talk to your attorney. Uh, or or read the materials in Tom's book, my book, and understand how the IRS is coming after people. It's interesting. There have been two cases where the tax court has shut down these IRA promotions. And it's interesting. The court mentioned the name of the Colorado CPA that put these together. It was the same guy. And you've got to know that the IRS is looking into all of his clients' cases now because the IRS is able to collect a hundred to $200,000 in penalties per case wow. on these. So, so the, the IRS so the, has an incentive. So the advice is if you go and you hear about some deal or some scheme or something, don't jump in. Go get, go, get educated. Go get educated. It, go exactly. study it. Go I mean, learn about it. It's the same advice for everything. Because yeah. I'm sure at the, at, at the events they're saying, do it now, do it now, do it now. You get the special deal. You get special deal. You do it now. All that takeaway. That's a red flag right there. Oh, we just happen to have a few properties right? We have a few properties here in Memphis or in Phoenix that you can just buy today. Light special. Somebody's going to buy the them store. tonight. It's the same when we were in Honolulu. The same when oh, we were yeah. in Honolulu. I know. We Once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki at the Rich Dad Radio Show. We're talking about your most important asset, and that's your brain. And if you don't understand what's in your brain, past and future and present, then you're not going to change much. So the worst advice today is go to school, get a job, work hard, save money, invest for the long term in the stock market, get out of debt. That's the worst advice. But if you want to be middle class, it's not bad. Now, if you want to be rich, it's a whole nother level of advice. And the first thing you have to do is put some preparation H inside your brain and get rid of the old advice <laughs> and then move forward. 
and put new advice in. Otherwise, you're going to be like my friend of mine, just tell me what to do. And I said, have you read this book, this book, this book? No, I don't want to read. Just tell me what to do. <laughs> I want you guys to be aware because this is my hot button too as well as Tom and Garrett and Kim. A lot of people will come up to me and say, well, you told me to do this. Robert, you said to do this. I said, first of all, I don't give advice. You know, I tell you what I do. I use debt. I use this and this. I don't recommend you do it unless you want to pursue the educational path to get there. So be very, very careful. I mean, it makes me sick. It, I mean, I, I hear it all the time. Well, you said to do this. I said, where'd you get that from, you know? And somebody says, well, you said that you said to do that. And I'm going, what? What? You know, or you flip property, don't you? I said, no, I don't flip property. But it's a, I went to the seminar and they said, you flip property. Another guy says, I went to the seminar and they said, you're, I mean, he is your personal advisor. So I never get heard of the guy. Oh, yeah, we get that sure a lot. Right. Yep. All the time. We hear it too. We hear it too. We go, well, so-and-so is a, a rich dad advisor. I'm going, I've never even heard of so-and-so. <laughs> right. I'm going, yeah. I, I understand. Rich dad one of the best things I've, I've ever learned from you, Robert, is is understanding the three sides of the coin, right? And being able to look at both sides of the coin, you know, both the left and the right, be on, on the top of the coin, be in the middle so that you can really start evaluating. And to me, that's the key to education is looking at both sides. both sides. So sports fans, we don't give investment advice. You know, we do professional advice and educational advice and recommendations. But remember, it's your money and it's your brain and it's your future. If you're going to be like my friend who makes a lot of money, you tell me what to do. You told me to buy gold. I said, I didn't say that. But you're buying gold. I said, I am, but I don't recommend it for you. But you buying gold, right? Tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, give me, give me the fish. Me don't the, be yeah, teaching yeah, me how to fish. Give me the fish. Oh, I know. I know what's even worse. Some people come up to me now, relatives, and say, oh, I'm buying real estate. I said, at the top of the market. You should have been buying at the bottom of the market. Yeah, yeah, but my, my broker says the price will keep going up. I'm going, are you effing nuts? Who made money, you or your broker? Well, you know, it's price is going up, right? And real estate always goes up, right? And I'm going, this is what I'm talking about. You better put some x lax in your brain and start fresh. You know, look at the world through clear eyes here. So that's really what this program is about. And I'll say it again and again. I do not recommend you buy any real estate, invest, any investment, stocks, bonds, real estate, gold or silver. Other things, I will tell you what I do. I'm not saying you should do that. What I recommend you do is you know that there's poor, middle class, and rich. And if you want to be rich, the Rich Dad Company is for you. You want to be poor and middle class, go to Dave Ramsey or Susie Orman, they have great advice for the poor and for the middle class. But the rich do things differently. And one of the things we do differently is we have professional advisors. We don't have promoters, like they're selling you real estate or we're selling you this. I don't think any of the people on our team sell any kind of asset, do we? I mean, I don't know of any. Nobody's up there selling assets. No, nobody's up there selling investments. We're we're in it for the education. I mean, yeah. we all we we drink the Kool Aid. We we love the education. I mean, we really do love the education. And this is a very important program to listen to again because what we're talking about today is your greatest asset is your brain. And many people are operating with old information in their brain. For example, when I came out of school, it, it, you could save your way to retirement. Today, you can't. Saving money is the most stupid thing you can do, yet people still try and save money. And on the other side of this coin is that you have people like me who use debt instead of money. 
Now, am I saying to use debt? No. You have got to first invest in your education to do that. So there is a big gap. Why the poor middle class are get poor is because most of them do not want to study. They do not want to invest in their financial education. And that's their tough luck. But that is their choice. And that is most people. So our guests today are Tom Wheelwright, Rich State Advisor on Taxes, founder and CEO of ProVision, premier strategic CPA firm, author of Tax-Free Wealth. Website is ProVisionWealth.com. And Garrett Sutton, author and Rich State Advisor. He's an attorney. And he starts, his book is Start Your Own Corporation 2012 and the ABCs of Getting Out of Debt. His website is sutlaw.com, and of course, my sweetheart, Kim. But as we said before this last thing here, your greatest asset is your brain, and yet people don't know what they're putting in their brain. Much of it is old stuff, and they're still trying to save money when the governments are printing money at all times. It doesn't make much sense. Any comments, Kim? Well, I think one of the main points of this program is whatever advice you hear, you really got to think for yourself and question it. And one of the first questions I would ask is if somebody's saying, do this, I'm like, is this really an advisor or is this a salesperson? So you can submit your questions to Ask Robert at richdadradio.com. We can't guarantee we'll answer all of them, but we answer the questions that fit the context of our radio show. First question, Melissa. Our first question today comes from Christopher in Los Angeles. Favorite book, Cash Flow Quadrant. He says, Robert, I've recently been studying Rich Dad Advisor Tom Wilwright's book, Tax-Free Wealth. Ooh, very it's smart person. Very huh? smart very guy. Very smart guy. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant question. I know <laughs> it's good already. It's a great read, but I'm having trouble understanding one part about real estate and taxes. Tom says that one can only use passive losses, such as depreciation, to offset taxes on passive income. But you've mentioned that you and others have used real estate rental income to offset taxes on earned income. What is it I'm missing? Well, I don't know what I'm talking about. Tom, what's the answer, <laughs> what's the answer Tom? Come on. You, you know, no, actually, no, but first of all, The Quadrant is a fantastic book to read, and this guy is doing it the right way. If you're going to change quadrants, you've got to study because ESB and the I, employee, self-employed, big business investor, they're four completely different people. Most employees cannot leave the employee quadrant. They cannot leave it because one thing holds them in place, fear. They're so afraid of making mistakes and they need that paycheck. Once you get into the S, it's really, really tough to go to the B because again, there's like four different types of persons. So what he's doing, he's reading, so he's getting this ability to move out of wherever he's at, either into the B, S, or I, right Tom? Uh, no question. I, I actually uh, just applaud him because the, what a, what here's somebody who's studying. Okay, they're actually studying the book. They're asking they're asking good questions. I'm hearing one thing from you. This is what we were talking about earlier, right? They're not just asking, well, Robert, what's the answer? He's saying, I heard one thing over here, and then I read something over here. Now, how do I reconcile those two? So, so it's a great question. And, and, you know, the answer, of course, gets into the details. And, and you know, the primary difference is if you're in the E quadrant, okay, if you're in the E quadrant, Employee. You're, you're not going to be able – you've got passive losses. They can only offset passive income. If you're in the I quadrant, you're a professional investor, the rules change. So it's like you say, Robert, the rules are different in the different quadrants. Yeah, and I never said I offset earned income with passive income. Well, well, what you what you did say though is you you said here this is the subtle distinction. You said I offset earned income 
with losses from my real estate. But for you, losses from your real estate are not passive losses. And that's the distinction because the rules are different in the I quadrant than they are in the E and the S quadrant. And they said something about the I quadrant is when I left the Marine Corps, my rich dad said to me, he says, if ESB and the I, of course, my poor dad wanted me to go back, get my MBA to be a high paid employee, be a corporate guy. And Rich Dad says, ultimately, by the end of your life, you want to be in the I quadrant. The difference is the study and information and the being. The being is very, very different in the I quadrant than the E quadrant, right? I mean, oh, it's completely different. We're talking about a professional investor doesn't have the same rules as an amateur investor. And that's really what it comes down to. And in this case, if you're an amateur investor, you've got passive losses. If you're a professional investor, the losses aren't passive anymore. And so that's the difference. And it's asking the right question. I, I think I just think that's great, great question. The lesson is he's studying so that he knows how to move into the, either the I, B, or S quadrant. And he'll know what questions to ask yeah. of his advisors, right. exactly. which are really important. Yeah, that's a very important question. Congratulations on that. Okay. Yay, but Christopher. I, again, that's one thing. People say you said this. I said, no, I don't say that. I asked Tom, and Tom tells him what to do. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, next question. Our next question comes from Michael in New York. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He says, what are your thoughts on using dividend participating whole life as an investment and also for cash flow? That's a very middle class idea. That's what I have to say about it. I wouldn't use it personally because I don't have to use it. Any comments are Garrett? You know, I don't use those type of strategies either. Uh, once middle you, class. Yeah, safe, what is safe, it? What safe. is he talking about? Whole life. What is? What are you talking about? It, it depends on how sophisticated you get with it. Okay, I, I think that you can take any investment and you can invest like a poor person. You can invest like a middle class person. You can invest like a rich person. So even in a whole life policy, there are some opportunities there to leverage your investment. So. Again, what I would tell them is get educated, make sure you understand what it is, and make sure that it fits your strategy. Because if it does, it's great. If it doesn't, it doesn't matter how good it is. It doesn't work. But there's one big problem with insurance right now. They're not getting the returns they're getting. So a lot of them cannot give the dividends they used to give 20 years ago. So a whole life might have been a great idea 20 years ago. But today, I would look at the insurance company before I bought the whole idea of it. It's very middle class. It's tell me what to well, do. And, give and, me your money. And, and one of the challenges with, with, with what they're talking about here is is that they're probably talking about a, a universal life policy, which is tied to the stock market. So now you're getting oh. back to the stock market. Okay. You're getting back to is the stock market going to continue to go up? And you have to look at all sides of the coin. And, and this is an area where promoters generate huge commissions. Right. So you have to ask yourself, what is this advisor getting out of the deal? And they get a lot of commission. So they get rich, but you don't. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Stephen in Las Vegas. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Are annuities a good investment? That's his question. Again, it's very middle class. Okay, so, so what's an annuity? Let's explain oh. annuity. Tom, what's an annuity? <laughs> <laughs> I know what it is. I know. You, 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 give, you give these guys a whole chunk of money. They and invest they it for you. And they back. give you a little bit of it. <laughs> Right. You know, you know the, the reality is, I mean, like you say, if uh, an annuity comes from a life insurance company, so there's very little risk, okay? Life very, insurance yes, company. But, very little but, return. But you stand but up. There's very little return. You pick up the soap because you don't make much money from it. Oh, no. I mean, annuities pay like a, 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 commissions. a small percentage. Well, and the commissions and are huge on annuities. The deal. reason that people push annuities, the highest commission of any financial product of any financial so product it, is an annuity. So wouldn't annuity, if they're paying the highest high fees and you're getting a tiny little bit of return, aren't you actually losing money? 
Well, you are, if it, just compared to what you could have gotten. But again, it's like Robert says, it's a middle-class investment because it's safe. Okay, that's like my, my golf teacher years ago when I walked up to take a lesson. He says, oh, here comes my walking annuity. <laughs> he, says, he says, I'm going to take your money, but you're never going to get any better because you're really a terrible golfer. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like mutual funds. Annuities are great if you're selling them. Yes. Yeah. yes. Any, any comments there, Garrett, from an asset protection side? Asset protection, you can protect annuities with asset protection in okay. some states. So uh, a creditor can not get certain annuity payments. Yeah. Again, if you don't want to get educated and you just want to give somebody your money, it's better than keeping it in the bank, but that might be questionable in the future. That's all I'm saying because insurance companies are having a hard time covering their gains. I mean, Buffett's doing okay but he trades stock. And there's a very big difference between investing in stock and trading stock. So there's a lot to learn. The, the lesson here is this, you don't wanna learn annuities okay. Next question, Melissa. We have another question here for, this one's gonna be for Garrett. This is from Grayson in Omaha, Nebraska. Favorite book, Midas Touch. I've just started a home-based business. My wife says I need to set up an LLC. I don't think so. Why do I need protection if I'm just starting out? Is your wife an attorney? Yeah, that's a I good mean, question. Yeah. Great question. Yeah. It is a good question, and I always uh, think that when you start out, you should have that LLC right off the bat. You don't know what can happen. And frequently what happens is people make that decision, I'm not going to set up the LLC at the start, and then they forget to set up the LLC two years later, and they get in trouble. So what's and the difference between if, they, if they're just having in their own name versus an LLC, what's the difference? The difference is if it's in your own name, it's a sole proprietorship, and you are personally responsible for everything that could go wrong within that business. Now, so you're they putting can reach your house, you're putting everything. All your assets are exposed. Okay. By having that LLC, if you get sued in your business, they can reach what's inside the LLC, the limited liability what, company. What is an LLC versus a C corporation and all that stuff? That's why we have an attorney, okay? Right. If we have to explain this on the show, we're, we'll be out of time. You should go to law school then. Right? <laughs> well, or read Start Your Own Corporation because it's clearly identified there. So yeah. they're entities. They all offer limited liability protection which is what you want when you start a business. We live in a very litigious society. People sue over the smallest of grievances. And so right at the start, I would talk to your wife and say, look, we need an LLC at the start right. to protect us. And, and why wouldn't you? I mean, what does it cost to set up an LLC? Oh. I mean, you mentioned bucks. Rich Dad, $595. Yeah, why wouldn't you? So, so my favorite thing I've learned from, from Garrett is you don't put on the seatbelt after you've had the accident. <laughs> it doesn't do any good. There you go. Absolutely. Or you can't buy fire insurance after your house burned down. Exactly. You see, when I invest in real estate, it's very low risk because I have insurance, I have LLCs, I have all of this stuff. You have a 401k. Do you have any fire protection? None. None. Do you have any asset protection? Some. Uh, you have a, some, a little, but a little. What I mean is you a get little. Ta don't you get taxed at the highest rate? You, you have no tax protection. It's a horrible idea from a tax standpoint. Right. So the 401k was designed to make Wall Street richer, not you. Yet everybody goes, well, I have a 401k. And what's happening right now, the baby boom generation was the first generation with a 401k because the 401k came out in 1978. And that's why so many baby boomers are wondering, why do I feel so insecure? Because you have a 401k. Right. You have a 401k. That's the problem, sweetheart. And you got sold a bill of goods. And that was a whole part of this program here is that your greatest asset is your brain. You gotta be careful who puts doo-doo in it. You know, be very careful. I hear so many people say, I don't have to worry, I have a 401k. I'm going, 
God, now I'm worried. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> why tax-wise is it no good? Well, because you, when, you, when you take the money out, even if it's invested in stocks, which would ordinarily be taxed at a, a low rate, 15 20%, sometimes even zero, it, because it's in a 401k, when you do get taxed, it's going to be taxed at the highest rate. So you've actually you've actually doubled your rate potentially just by putting it to an a four four one k. So it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah.